recorded live from Portland, Oregon. It's the Transamorous Network Podcast. Let's get it on. <laughs> Let's make it happen, Captain. <laughs> hey there, this is Perry from the Transamorous Network Podcast, and I'm here with Remy Elmatar and Shannon Scott. Hello, hello. What's up, Shannon? Hey, baby. You Shannon. know, just kicking it. Yeah. So this this week, uh, our guests had to work. Oh. Yeah. So we're winging it this morning, and that's okay because there's lots to talk about. Um. We actually need a show for us, so it's perfect. It's been a long time. We were planning one anyway, sort of, right? Yeah, sort so of. Yeah. The universe said, now, bitch. Yeah, yeah. Actually, this is a really good time, actually, to to, to um, do what we've been saying we were going to do for Shannon. So, Shannon, why don't you tell us what's going on with Shannon Scott Speaks? Oh, yeah. Let me plug my business really quick. So, Shannon Scott Speaks is a consulting group that goes to businesses and organizations and helps them integrate equality into their workplace by education about transgender people and really a broad understanding and empathy towards that so that they can build the strongest workplace possible. And um, what does that mean? Do you give speeches? Do you do workshops? Do you meet one-on-one? Well, I do, I do a transgender kind of 101 just to give a broad overview of what being transgender is, what falls under that umbrella, who is transgendered and what that looks like and what it doesn't look like and how that's really not up to us to judge. And then I like to take it back on to the people I'm speaking to and have them share their feelings because that's really who I'm there to help. You would think by the name and the mission, it would be all about, oh, well, let me tell you about transgender people. And I do that. But what it really is, is bringing the people into a sense of understanding Mm -hmm. that they're also listened to and that their feelings matter and that they can, so that they can then feel safe in their workplace too, because everybody deserves to feel safe. Amen. 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 Double amen. Hallelujah. Triple amen. <laughs> <laughs> and so what's the what's the uh, latest thing that you're doing? Uh, right now you're in, where are you? Oklahoma. Oklahoma, thank you. Yes. Oh, my God. So I haven't been doing any work for that business, specifically down here in Oklahoma, but I have been developing a lot of things. I've uh, got a lot coming up in the future. Um, oh, but let me tell you, actually, let me tell you a little bit about what I've done in the past because that has actually happened so far. Um, I've worked with Oregon Health and Science University to help them integrate transgender equality into their campus. And Amy Penkin there at the Trans Health Program has really is the tip of the spear as far as this goes. They're, they're acting as a model to hospitals nationwide to help them integrate equality into their hospitals so that from the second you call the hospital to when you walk into the waiting room to when you interact with a nurse, a doctor, a phlebotomist, whatever, everybody mm-hmm. is trained on how to treat each other respectfully. So that's a really exciting program. I'm also involved with the Human Rights Campaign here in Oregon. Uh, mm-hmm. where I'm, on the, I'm a member of the Portland Steering Committee, and we oversee all of the Human Rights Campaign activities in Oregon and Southwest Washington. And as I'm sure most people are aware, right now 
in the news, there is a ton of things going on with the transgender bathroom bills. So mm-hmm. we've been really busy trying to uh, fight for equality in that regard. Luckily, living in Portland, you know, we don't really have that issue. But that doesn't mean that people elsewhere in the nation don't need our help. So we've been Amen. really busy right. with that as well. Right on. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. Well, good work, Shannon. How can people reach out to you to uh, potentially hire you for your for their workplace? How many? How can they? Oh, how can they? Well, you can reach me at shannonscottspeaks.com. There is both a phone number and um, my email address, which is shannon at shannonscottspeaks.com. And I'll also give you a broad overview about what I do. So that's the very best way to do it. Awesome. Great. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, let's I get actually on. I have to call that Lady Plinkerton person myself. What for? Uh, well, I'm actually was getting my laser hair removal services through OHSU, hmm. and um, there's some other things I need to discuss with her. That and that's yes, who they directed me to. Nice. So. Yeah, she will appreciate the calls. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So, um, yes, the Trans Amorous Network podcast. I wanna, I wanna talk about something that happened this morning. Go for it, because okay. you're itching. I'm for itching. It. It, it actually begins two weeks ago. Maybe I should t- start with two weeks ago. Start at the beginning. It's always the best. Okay. Um, this is, we're going to file this episode in, in the file, giving a cis man some advice. No, giving a transamorous man some advice. All right. Good. So I'm walking down the street in Portland, and you, you guys know that I have a really good, what, what's the word? So, so if you're good at, 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 at identifying gay men, you have a, a gaydar. What is it when you're good at a tdar? What is that? You mean identifying trans amorous men? No, no, being able to identify trans women. Oh, I don't know. I think it's I a tdar. I think T-dar. we all pride ourselves at being good at that, and the more we pride ourselves at that, then we kind of end up shocking ourselves. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so like, oh, I know. I can tell by X, Y, or Z. And then you go up and like, I know. And they're like, you're an idiot. <laughs> I've given up on that because I, you know, I try to go off energy. And even sometimes that is confusing. So yeah. I just yeah. wait to try to figure I've, it out through conversation. It's, yeah. it's not my place to guess anyway. So right. Well, right. well, it's interesting because I, I don't. I don't feel it's my place to be guessing, but there are, I have so many episodes, and I've written about it in The Man's Guide, where I just run into people, and I know they're trans. Um, and, and this, two weeks ago, this happened, I was walking down the street, and there was this <clears throat> really young trans woman, and I walked past her, and I looked back, and a guy grabbed her and took her underneath, not violently, and took her underneath um, the stairwell over by the max train. Oh my goodness. And I just watched cuz I, you know, I have some skills in certain areas. And so I just wanted to make sure this person was going to be safe, and the guy leaned forward. I couldn't hear what they were saying, but the guy leaned forward and said some things um and she was responding positively, but then he he must have said something that offended her and she like stormed off and st- and started yelling at him in in Spanish. Mm. And I don't know a lot of Spanish, but I could tell that they were not kind words. <laughs> so as she was walking off, <laughs> I, I, I walked over toward her. And, and when I, generally speaking, when I, when I see someone who I believe is a trans person, <clears throat> I, I get this energy, you guys, to just want to go over and interact with that person. 
Well, that's in, in the a, way you're writing. You've written your well, story. Right, right. Well, that's true. That's true. And so in this <laughs> that's case... why you see them. It's because... Well, exactly. You want to right, see them. Right, because I want to see them, yes. So I, I walked up to this person, and it, she, was, she, she, she ended up going into this um, fast food restaurant, and I walked up and sat down next to her uh, just to have a conversation with her. And she was obviously frustrated, flustered and upset over what happened. And um, I started talking with her about the Trans Amorous Network because I was thinking, well, maybe she would be interested in being on the show and telling her experience of what just happened. Mm -hmm. But it was, it was too soon. She mm -hmm. was really upset, and she wasn't open to having a conversation with me about it. And um, she, she said some things... She she lied about who she was, and she gave me her telephone number. I didn't ask for her telephone number, but she gave me her telephone number and wanted me to, quote-unquote, quote call her friend and invite her to the, to the show. Um, it's a long story. But anyway, she what happened with that episode is that it ended up really badly. She kind of stalked me on my cell phone, and um, it was just really weird, this, this episode. I was okay with that experience. This was two weeks ago? Yes, yeah, this was two weeks ago. All right. Yeah. <laughs> You've had a busy week. Yes. Two weeks. The, the conclusion I came to was, okay, I probably should, for the show, I probably should approach people who are older, because this, this girl was probably 22, mm. um, and, and I should probably do it in, over the internet, how I have been getting our guests, because it gives the person, first of all, they're out on these dating sites where I, I um, invite people, and then secondly... They have a chance to kind of think it over instead of being approached point blank um, in person, especially after they've been accosted. <laughs> so well, I mean, yeah, right. It was choosing just, the right moment. Yeah, choosing the right moment is really important. So anyway, so after this experience, I was kind of flustered by that experience. This morning, coming into the studio, um, knowing that our our guest was not going to be able to make it because she had to work, I was I got off the bus walked two blocks, and there in front of me was a wonderful-looking trans woman and a guy, an African-American guy. And they were probably in their late 20s, maybe early 30s. And I really wanted to invite them to be on the show today. I mean, I so really wanted to. Um, and I would have... I mean, obviously, this isn't about this isn't about me. Right, doing. right, Shannon. What? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> you gotta pull the trigger. Well, right, right. So, so here's the thing, though. So, the last time we talked about, um, remember those cards? So, yeah. for the audience, for the audience, we have these cards designed, uh, really beautiful cards that that basically acknowledge the existence of of trans people. And the idea of these cards, which we're gonna have produced, that, is that really a beer you're drinking? Yes, it is. <laughs> it's noon here. Okay. Um, and the purpose of these cards is to is to give to is to offer them to a purse a trans person that I would see on the street, not on the street, but in a restaurant or whatever. Especially, so I've I've seen trans women come into restaurants and they sit and eat alone. Mm -hmm. You know, and and yeah. I think some of them would be really happy to have someone come up to them and say, you know, I really respect and honor you for who you are in the world and um, just want you to know that you're seen in a positive way. And I've actually engaged with trans women that way before and, mm -hmm. have, and have received very positive responses. Mm -hmm. 
Right. So my wife had suggested that we produce this card so that we can hand them to, to people rather than just trying to strike up a conversation all of a sudden. So my point is that I'm not, I'm not averse to pulling the trigger, Shannon. I'm more than happy to pull the trigger, but given you the ex- were just gun shy yeah, because of the last yeah, experience. Given the experience from the last from two weeks ago, I didn't want number one. I didn't want them to have a bad day because I really felt that this younger girl were had a bad day. Were they in the middle day. of an argument? No, they're they I think they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. It seemed to me <laughs> that they were doing. What's Seems that walk? To me like you just made no, up. I, what's that walk? What's that Chose, walk? Uh, the no, wrong this, person to approach. <laughs> I think I did. No, I think I did. Two weeks ago, I think I chose the wrong person to approach. And then this time, when the opportunity presented itself, I mean, these people, the energy I got from them was that they'd be totally willing to be on the show. And I didn't invite them. What was that, Shannon? Why not? Why not? Because like Remy just said, I think I was gun-shy from the previous experience. Oh. Let your fear fetter you. You have to let it fuel you. I know, good right? Job, good job. Right? Pep talk. <laughs> I understand that. I'm a little surprised that you allowed that to be to I let know. you get gun shy. I'm yeah. actually and, uh, you know, maybe you... That doesn't sound like the Perry I know at all. I know, right? Well, you know, for the future, unless they're in an argument or just had an argument, it might not be the best time. Yeah. They would. I think they would have been fine having at least having the conversation. Maybe they were too busy to to come today, and may, we may have been able to schedule them for a, a future episode. But I learned my lesson, and this is the thing, right? You don't. Where, you you never get to the point. In the information that we share in the Transamorous Network, where you are one hundred percent perfect at doing this stuff. Well, right. right. Oh, yeah. Of course not. Right. Of course not. And there's always the opportunity to expand into greater levels of mastery. Hiya. Yeah. Hiya. Yeah. And so I I Did you say hiya? Yeah. Yes, she did. <laughs> is that is that terrible? I don't know. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> and so um yeah, so so what I'm doing right now re- retelling this story is not necessarily serving where I want to be around this story. You know, I want to feel empowered and confident in approaching the trans women I see on the street because I believe I have something to offer that is really positive. Yeah, right? I believe so. Absolutely. Yeah, and and Remy, you're right. I, I was responding to I just picked the wrong person at the wrong time and she was visibly shaken and upset and so it was probably not the right time to talk with her two weeks ago, but today would have been a great I mean, we could have been having a guest here today. Okay. All things happen as they should. Yes, they do. Kind of how I believe in things. But. Well, and, and there's, no, there's no saying that she was the wrong person at the wrong time. Maybe right. that was your only opportunity to approach her, and maybe something will come of this in the future, and then you'll look back on this and go, oh, look, it went just the way it had to go. You know right. what? I, that's true. I think that's exactly what's going to happen, because I do, when, when I was in the midst of it, and she was telling me the lies she was telling me, mm-hmm. I was very clear that this is... This was something she was creating in her reality, you know. I mean, these are dances. It takes two people, right? And and the environment that she had created just prior to me interacting with her um, op- created the opening for me to approach her. It was mm-hmm. it was all perfect. Even my upset about it, my fr- flusteredness about it was perfect, and even the experience we had this morning was perfect. Well, and I think you 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 definitely will be able to use this as a learning and teaching experience for yourself, you know, and the next opportunity that you find in front of you, 
you know, you will, even if you have some gun shyness, will, I think, maybe push yourself through that, you know? I could see you doing that. I could see me doing that, and too. And I think the cards will help, definitely. I do, it, too. It's just, it, it's a neat little thing. Icebreaker, kind of? Yeah. Yeah, I, I wanted to discuss those cards with you. As a transgender woman, I'm sitting there going, and, and as a very confident and comfortable with who I am transgender woman, I'm thinking, how would I feel if a stranger came up to me and said, you know, and gave me one of these cards, and I read the card, and I've been, part of me would be like, honey, I don't, I don't need your validation. And so I, part I get of that, me would be right? taken aback. I get that, yeah, yeah. But I'm wondering, is that an attitude issue with me? Because overall, the feedback seems to be very positive. To what? What feedback? To, to the what? cards, right? Well, no, we haven't had the we haven't passed the cards out yet. But when I when I approach when I have approached trans women in the past in the way that I did with this one two weeks ago, the response has always been really positive. Good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like like they're they're kind of taken aback actually in a positive way. They're they're taken aback that someone would take the time to say what I say to them. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind about it. I'm yeah, not, I'm and, not like, and that things back to the point in my transition where I didn't have the confidence I have now, that would have been really nice. Mm -hmm, so, yeah. yeah, I think overall, again, we, we can't do anything perfectly, but I think it's overall a very positive gesture, a very positive action. Right, I believe so. And it doesn't have to be something you do every time. You know, right. if you see the opportunity for a verbal conversation <clears throat> that you think is going to go well... Awesome, but if you see someone who might need that, maybe like that two weeks ago, right? Maybe just sliding her a card yes. and moving on yes. might have been the right, quote unquote, correct thing at the moment. Yes. You know what I mean? And, yes. and but that seems that seems that that was the feeling I got as well. Now, for our listeners, do you think this is something that other trans amorous men should be employing? Should they make up fifty cards because they really haven't got that? Uh, capability honed in to approach transplant? Maybe, this, is this a good technique for them? What do you think? That's a great idea. It, it can be. I mean, I think it depends on, I think it depends on where the man is in his personal transition. I mean, if he's still, it, it, it's one thing if they're, they're doing it because they really want to meet someone and they're, and they're past the point where they're doing it in secret. They're past the point where they're not afraid to, to for their friends to know, but they just don't have the the. Um, they're that kid in high. If they're that kid in high school who wants to talk to the girl they have a crush on, but they're embarrassed to or afraid to. If it's that, then yes, this card could be really helpful. But it. But you have to. I think you have to be past the point where you're treating. That's a great analogy of the like, concept. Well, because that's where I used to be. Well, I, yeah, and you think of if you, you know, when you did actually pluck up any kind of courage, it often was a sign a little note to them or something, exactly, you know? right? 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 <laughs> oh, my God, that's so cute. It, <laughs> I've seen the images in my head of a little Perry. Yeah. <laughs> For the listeners, you didn't see this, but Remy just patted Perry on the head. It was so cute. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. It could be, it could be a useful tool if the person if the man has transitioned has transitioned quite a bit in his own experience it's interesting that the reason why the cards became an idea is because Bridget and I were in this restaurant and um, this trans woman came in and very striking but she was early in her transition and um, where I'm at in terms I, I mean I find almost all trans people attractive 
And so, but this person had the kind of phenotype that I'm particularly attracted to. Um, and so when she came in, it was, I was like strict, I was struck by her and Bridget thought she was really attractive too for the stage that she's in. And so this person, she got her meal. We were at a pho, 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 pho. Vietnamese. How do you say that shit? Pho, pho, pho. Okay. We were at, we were at, My girl at the nail shop, she okay. makes me pronounce it right. Okay. So, That's where we were at the pho. And um, she got her meal and she went and she went, sat all the way across the restaurant at her own table and just started eating. And, you know, she, this, the sense that I got, and this is my story and I could have been totally wrong. But as she was looking around while she was eating, she was noticing, I think, how people were looking at her. It happens. And there weren't a lot of people looking at her, but there were some. And I was one of those people looking at her. But I, my thoughts when I was looking at her, I'm sure, were different than everyone else who was looking at her. <laughs> Absolutely. And I really wanted to go, what I really wanted to do was go over there and invite her to have dinner with Bridget and I. But Bridget is not that she's a she's even more of an introvert than I am, and so she Bridget was not she did not want me to go do that because mm. not because she didn't want the person to have dinner with us, because, but because she was personally embarrassed for me to get up, walk across the room, and invite some stranger in the eyes of other people in the room to come over and have dinner with us. Okay, so for the complete extroverts in the room, i.e., me, <laughs> how uh, how is that embarrassing? I know. Well, it's. I know, right? It's it it's, goes into being concerned of what other people think of yes, you. Yes, there's a lot of story that you could so one of the stories that she could be creating and I I, I believe this is probably accurate is why is is someone in the audience could be or an audience someone in the re- restaurant could be thinking why is that guy who's with that girl going over to that tr- trans person and inviting that person over to sit with them? Right, who gives a shit? I know, obviously, I don't give a shit. But, I, yeah, but, well, that's but and I mean, and that's her story, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, that's that's what that is. So it's, you know, go ahead. I'm speaking from my position now, not from my. You know, I talk, I talk a big game right now. Like I was always this strong and uh-huh. confident, but it's I wasn't, and so I, you know, there is part of me that really gets it and goes, oh yeah, okay, but I forget, I forget about that pain and that the suffering I had to get through to get to this point. So. Now that I actually look back in my life and remember how that felt, I can understand that. Yeah, right. And so, so what what ultimately happened at this restaurant was, the um, the person who I was um, paying attention to ended up, in my experience, rushing through her meal, getting up and leaving. Mm-hmm. And the st- the story that I have about that experience was that she was embarrassed or or on the spot or feeling self-conscious or something and she had no reason to be i so she, wanted to there's just... probably fear in there too it's a little bit of all of the bad yeah you know you never know especially if you're in early transition what and how people are going to accept treat uh, uh, perceive you you know and what their responses are going to be and where they're from because she could be from a place where someone would you might have got up and walked across the room and knocked her in the fucking face oh right from her perspective right right exactly so, you know you never know 
Remy, did you tell, tell me a little bit about your transition, Remy? And did you have that? Because I had that awkward period where I was hyper aware of where everybody's eyes were, and I got really, really good at hearing people after they had passed me on the sidewalk and listening behind me, yeah. you know, just so I could hear about the hear the comments they'd make. Did you have that period where you were just kind of? I find myself still in that period. I think. Huh. Oh. I I yeah. Now that I think of it and be, you know, if I'm conscious of it, I, I do. It's interesting. I but I also know where I'm from and yeah. and where yeah. I am, you know, still through my journey. So here's a really interesting story. I was I was dating this really model esque transgender woman who lives here in Portland for a very brief time, and one day we were walking down the street and um, we heard this guy behind us say to his friend, "That's a man." It didn't strike. It didn't. It didn't register to me at all in terms of like feeling embarrassed or anything. And I, but I think it affected this person whose name I won't use because mm-hmm. a lot of people know this person. Okay. Later in the day, we were walking down Northwest Twenty Third, which for the listeners is this really trendy, or sorry, Twenty First, which is um, near this same really trendy. Yeah, same difference. Really trendy hoo ha kind of place. We were on the way to the movie theater, and um, I mean, I was really just happy being with her and holding her hand and whatnot. And as we were crossing the street, she said to me, you're just too comfortable with me. And I just thought, and that's a problem? I mean, it. I think she felt that I should be more embarrassed when the guys said what they said or less confident about walking hand in hand down the street with her. I don't know. It was just, it was this weird kind of twilight zone experience of do you think she was testing you maybe challenging you i don't think she was i the sense i got was that she was just really upset that i was not that i was not not okay with her being trans Hmm. and so i share I i share this coming off of what remy was saying about how even now sometimes she still feels um, uh, sensitive to or alert to people's comments on the street. Well, even if I'm like I like so when you were telling this story, you know, I can see myself going to lunch alone, which happens all the time. Not because I'm you don't have friends or anything; it's just because we're all on different schedules and I'm hungry, so I'm gonna go get some food. Um, and like I don't care what people think, but as I sit there, I do notice that I do look at people to see if they're looking at me. Yeah, and and I'm I'm not sure where that comes from, but. Working on that. We'll see. It's interesting that I... Hmm. I know that one thing that I did when I was in what I call my my middle ground of transition, where I had been living full-time for quite some time, but I still hadn't come into my place of confidence, is that I looked to society for validation. Hmm. And so that was one of the ways that I found out whether I was looking good that day or whether, you know, my hair or makeup looked good or, or, or really just... Was I validated as the woman I wanted to be? And so I would constantly scan my surroundings for that validation or that lack of validation. So I get it. Now I'm kind of oblivious. I'll be walking down the, the street with my partner or a date or even just a friend and people would be like, people are literally tripping over things looking at you. And I'm like, really? I didn't even notice. I don't even see people anymore because I found that validation within myself. Now... That's not to say I did it all on my own. Mm-hmm. 
I think I came to a place physically where society did start to validate me. And so that allowed, combined with my own desire and, and acceptance of who I am, allowed that to be 100% you know, confident. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's, that's no one's a hundred percent confident, but I'm very, very confident. And so I get that. I get mm-hmm. that. I just, I wish there was a way that you could skip that need to look at society and go, am I okay? Yeah. But, but you know, we're pack animals really. So we kind of need it. I, you know, I'm not sure that mine comes from necessarily a place of am I okay? I'm not sure. Because I'm a very confident person. You are. And, like... Indeed. <laughs> so, you know, I find it, like, interesting to be conscious of it right this moment that that's something that I do and that it's something that maybe I should be past because I've never, I guess, thought about it, you know? And sometimes it's not something you can work on until it's brought to your attention. So it's funny because I don't I don't get a sense that I personally don't get the sense that you're doing that when we're out. And Shannon, when I when we first met after we left, um, after we parted company, uh, I drove I drove home in the direction that you were walking, not on not on purpose, but it was the quickest way to the freeway. And you crossed. I don't know if you noticed, but you crossed in front of me on the street. Yeah. And you were you were walking with this air of. I don't give a shit. And and you and you looked great. And so I could see how people would acknowledge how you look whether they knew you were trans or not. They just would be like, "Wow, that person, it doesn't matter who what it is, that person is amazing looking." That kind of a, a thing. And with you, Remy, when when like this morning when you were having when we went to get you coffee, I didn't get a sense that you're really and maybe you weren't in that moment, but I don't get, didn't get a sense that you were concerned at all about what people were thinking. And I wasn't. So it's interesting that I find that I, you know, I do can recognize that it does happen. And if it's something that happens maybe more so when I'm just alone and in public. Um, and I think a lot of it for me just actually comes from a place of feeling safe. Like it's more, it's more of a safety thing, I think, for me than like, anything else. Like you else. feel safe or not feel safe? Um... Like, I need to be aware of my surroundings because you never know what people are going to do. And that's kind of what just, and I think that's kind of been honed into me from where, how I grew up and where I grew up, you know, being, you know, I came out gay at 13 Mm -hmm. and I was always a pretty boy. I was Mm -hmm. always feminine, you know what I mean? As far as those labels and terms go. And um, I grew up in Oakland, California. Everyone, you know, it's across the way the bay from San Francisco, but it's a very different place. And mm-hmm. it was a very bit different place when I was growing up than mm-hmm. it is now. Mm-hmm. You know, there were certain parts of town you don't go to unless you know somebody. And I wasn't necessarily afraid to go to those places because I did know people in those places. But if I had to get there alone, I knew how to guard and shield and protect myself and, and be aware of the people around me because you never know what could happen in such a bad neighborhood and we all know the stories and the, the media of what happens to people well, all over and, the and world the you know what I yeah, mean and, yeah. and how you know gay people were bashed are bashed and how trans are bad you know what I mean and die and um and how so there's just a consciousness for me about that mm-hmm. and so I think more so that's where mine stems from but but so so the 
So where you are today, like in the last two years, have you had any real, uh, uh, I, I want to say life-threatening, that, but, but that might be too extreme a category, any dangerous situations? Honestly, not that I can yeah, think right, of. Right, right. Right, and I've only been in transition. I'm coming up on two years in June. Okay. Oh, okay. So. Well, that was a good guess. Good <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Shannon? Since you've been in Portland, have you had any dangerous situations? No, not no, not in Portland, and, and certainly not categorized anywhere near what you can consider to be dangerous. And even being down here in Oklahoma, where people are very conservative, it's a bit of a test for me because I talk this big game, and, but I live in this beautiful bubble that is the most liberal place on the planet, right. Portland, Oregon. And so coming down here where it's not okay to be who you are if you don't fit inside, you know, that stereotype that they have for quote-unquote good people down here. And just, and just last night, really interesting story. I was at dinner, and I was alone, and it was kind of a – a cafeteria style, I'm sitting there with my meal and I'm eating and I have a project in front of me and I'm reading through it and marking it up. And there's about four or five people having a conversation, like not four feet from me. And they're speaking very loudly and their conversation is impossible not to hear. And they're talking, laughing back and forth. And then this one guy says to the table, oh, he's the kind of guy that would go to a club and then take a man home. And so my ears perked. And I was like, well, what is this? And then, you know, he goes into this elaborate detail about, oh, he's going to put his hands down. What he thinks is this girl's pants and finding I'm just like, oh, like they're, they're four feet from me. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there going, okay, initially I'm threatened because they're making it very clear about how they feel about transgender people. And then I go, you know what? I, I felt that fear seeping into me. And I go, no, this is an opportunity for you to, if they confront you, for you to educate them and to act with confidence and kindness, kindness, not don't feel threatened. And, and so once I, once I felt that fear starting to seep back into me, I found that opportunity. I said, yeah, well, let's see. Maybe they will look to you and say, say something terrible. And then you can react with kindness and confidence. And so once I came to that decision within myself, I was, I was completely comfortable again. Nice. And their, their conversation continued on and it eventually fizzled and nothing came of it. But it was a really good exercise for me to feel that uncomfortableness mm -hmm. again. But then it was also a really good exercise. Uh -oh. The decision I made not feel uncomfortable anymore. Look at this. Well, Shannon, oh. you're breaking up That's a little. We're all growing. What's that, Remy? You're breaking up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, just a little bit of breaking up there. Let's kill the video. Yeah, let's kill the video. Okay. So, okay. So, yeah. So, the... It's interesting because, just as an example, I've been doing... I'm sorry. Can I just... Yeah, sure. I'm not afraid. I'm I'm aware. I know you're but not. But you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, like, there I do. are thoughts in there, like, I wonder sometimes, you know, what they're thinking or whatever. But it's. I think it really comes from just being really aware because I'm not afraid. I got it, yeah. And you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. That's all part of it is because... I'm the kind, you know, bring it, motherfucker, bring it. Well, what that's you got the to thing. say? Well, that's the thing, and it's, it's <laughs> kind of like, it's kind of like, what are we aware of? It, it's. But it, I'm also worried and conscious, like if someone's going to run it behind me and snatch my purse, because there's so many homeless people here. <laughs> right. It's just being really aware of my full surroundings. Right. You know, and knowing right. that if I'm in this neighborhood, I need to be way more aware than if I'm in that neighborhood. Right. And it's it's funny. So so for a, for like 20 years, I've been taking martial arts. Yeah. And I, sorry, <laughs> it's okay. And I have, I've never gotten into a fight. And so recently, 
I decided to stop practicing martial arts because why? I mean, <laughs> there's there's nothing going on in my environment, and I don't feel the need to have these skills honed at every moment's notice. And so, um, but interestingly, right after I stopped, I almost got in a fight at, at the Lloyd Center Theater. See? And, well, not see, because, no. because <laughs> what happened, no, it's okay. Because what happened was, we, we, my, my female friend at the time, not at the time, she's still a good friend, Angela and I, we went to this movie, Revenant, and I don't know if you've seen this movie Revenant, but it's super, yeah. it's super violent and negative, and it, there's no, re, there's no redemption at the end. It's just, ugh. Anyway, at the end of this movie, so I had this altercation with this guy sitting behind me because he was talking during the movie, and at the end of the movie, he was just, I think he had too much to drink mm. because he was getting really belligerent at me, and you know. I don't get fearful of people getting up in my face anymore because of what I can do. And so this guy got, got up and got in my face, and I was just like, dude, you're being a, you're being a kid right now. Let, let's just end this thing and go about our way. And he just wouldn't let it go. But, but what, what Angela, who also has, a, a, I think she has a third-degree black belt, what, what, we, what we both came to at the end of that event was, wow, this movie brought out the worst in this guy. And we mm -hmm. had the experience, we had the shared experience with this guy. And I wonder that she was thinking, I wonder if this experience was the culmination of all of the effort that you, Perry, have been, have been putting into preparing yourself for this kind of situation. Because prior to that experience, I have never had any sort of threatening anything. Mm -hmm. So my point is, is... What? You know, Shannon, Shannon had this experience at this restaurant, and she handled it with grace. Mm -hmm. And nothing happened other than overhearing this conversation. And, and it's interesting because I would wager that those people didn't even know you were trans, Shannon. I, I think that a couple of them did. Really? Yeah. And, and I think that I, I, because there was a, a nudge out of the corner of my eye and then the relationship kind of dipped off, although the guy speaking didn't catch on, so oh. he kept rambling on. But then I think the rest of the table kind of got it. And I didn't... I made I made a conscious effort not to, like, snap my head up and glare at them. I just kept going about what I was doing, but actively listening. And he went on and finished, and I don't know if they gave him some kind of signal or what. But, but here's the thing. I don't even mind now. I, I see myself as a representative of the transgender community. Mm -hmm. So I'm not one of these girls that wants to live stealthily. I want to right. live loud and proud because, you know, awareness is such a huge part of the solution. And that's, you know, it's funny, this loud and proud situation. This is if if everybody and I know not everybody can. But if everybody, particularly the men who are interested in trans women, would live loud and proud in that way, Shannon, this whole, I think, a lot of this situation that we have of trans women being oppressed and beaten and fucked with would not exist. Because, you know, um, masculine men will not, in most cases, will not allow a man to beat a woman, a, a cis woman. Agreed. Why? Why can't the same thing be the case for the transamorous men with regard to trans women? And actually, it can be. And I have a rather right. really quick story. So I dated this man for two years, and he was, you know, completely 
okay with who he was as a man who was only attracted to transgender women. And so we dated. I lived with him for, for over a year. And so I got very accustomed to going out with him and spending time in his social circles. And he was rather affluent, and so he was a member of a country club where a lot of wealthy, conservative, white men spent their time. Not the kind of people you would associate with being really open-minded and liberal and accepting of the LGBTQ community. But once he walked in there, he was cool with who he was. I was cool with who I was. And eventually everybody found out, and I was just kind of accepted into this stereotypically conservative environment as one of the girls. And really, and I was then treated the same way as you just described, Perry. Mm -hmm. If I was out and my partner happened to step away, the other guys had me, had my back, you know, and they acted like gentlemen and it was really great. So it's really just a matter of setting the tone, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, when you walk into a room and are confident in who you are, you know, it tends to, it does, it, the responses tend to be different. I think so. I think, you know what I mean? And there, there tends to be the, you, they are forced to be comfortable because there's no reason for them not to be comfortable. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, anyway, we have some questions out for the community and our listeners. We certainly It'll be interesting do. to see what comes back. Yeah, yeah. Please uh, send us some comments if you'd like, either at the... Uh, com, our website, or you can make comments, I believe, at the Stitcher account, which you... SoundCloud. Or SoundCloud, I mean, yeah. Can't you, can't you make yes, comments? Yes, I've made comments. Okay, yeah, so make some com- uh, send us some comments on your thoughts on this episode on our SoundCloud account. Just search for Transamorous Network Podcast. Um, and thank you for listening. Shannon, thanks for being with us from Oklahoma. Always. Miss, you girl can't wait for you to be back. Oh, me too. Yeah, you'll sound so much better in person. (laughs) Right? Right. All right. Thanks, listeners, for listening. Tune in next week. Bye. Thank you. Be a guest on the Transamorous Network podcast. Send an email to info at transamorousnetwork.com. You've been listening to the Transamorous Network podcast. The Transamorous Network podcast is a broadcast property of the Transamorous Network. Listen to the Transamorous Network podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. For more information on living a joyful, positive, and desire-fulfilled life, or finding love in a relationship, family, or within yourself, visit the Transamorous Network on the web at transamorousnetwork.com, on YouTube at the Transamorous Network, or on Tumblr at transamorousnetwork.tumblr.